Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Lake Anna podcast. Today's guest is Sergeant Alan Hatmaker. Sergeant Hatmaker is a conservation police officer from the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources, also called a CPO. The CPOs are armed law enforcement officers who focus here on Lake Anna. Their mission is keeping everyone and the environment safe at Lake Anna. They're responsible for regulating the laws and activities here on the lake related to boating, also jet skiing, fishing, and hunting. So basically everything that happens on the lake. He's been here for 10 years now at Lake Anna. He's now a supervisor, so he had a lot of very interesting information to share with us about the day-to-day activities here on the lake. This was a fascinating conversation and one that I think will be very helpful and relevant to your day-to-day life and enjoyment here at the lake. Sergeant Hatmaker reviewed some of the most important boating regulations, regulations that relate to jet ski operation, fishing, hunting, and more. We also talked about some of the accidents that he has seen on the lake here over the last 10 years, why they happened, and ways that we can avoid them. He also interestingly talked about some of the differences between the applicable regulations on the private side and the public side, some of which I wasn't aware. So thank you again for tuning in. Sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this episode of the Lake Anna Podcast. Sergeant Alan Hatmaker, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for coming, man. Pull the mic a little bit towards you or just come on up just so everybody at home uh, can hear you loud and clear. How's that? It's great. Thanks for making the time to come. Um, I I have been uh, very excited to have you as a representative of your agency to come. This will be an interesting interesting interview because you guys are, this is kind of where the long arm of the law, so to speak, connects with Lake Anna and uh, all of our activities on Lake Anna. So thank you for coming. Thank you. I've, uh, I've definitely seen you guys out and about on the lake, uh, always from a distance. I haven't been, uh, haven't been stopped yet. Uh, I'm a law abider uh, most of the time. Uh, but let's back up and just uh, tell the folks who you work for. What agency do you work for? So I work for the department, the Virginia Department of Game and or excuse me, the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources. The new name, right? The new name. So um, it used to be Game and Game Inland Fisheries. Okay. So we changed that a few years ago, uh, along with our actual title. We used to be known as a Game Warden. Um, obviously, a lot of people. Know so you guys were the Game Wardens before. When you hear people talk about the correct. Game Warden, okay, that correct. was you guys. That was us. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And now you're called Conservation Police Officer. Conservation police officer. Right. Um, In a nutshell, what's your job as a conservation police officer? So uh, we have the same authority as that as a sheriff throughout the state of Virginia. Okay. Um, So we can enforce all laws throughout the Commonwealth. However, our primary focus is fishing, hunting, and boating. Hey, everybody. It's Grayson. Just a quick breakaway for a quick Lake Anna real estate market update. Right here at the lake today, there are a total of 57 homes for sale, 57 at Lake Anna. 27 of those are waterfront. The other 30 are water access, close to the water but not touching the water. For the water, so the the average price for all of the homes uh, for sale at Lake Anna right now is about $849,000. For the 27 homes that are on the waterfront, the average price you're looking at is about $1.6 million. And it's taking an average of about 35, 38 days to get those under contract right now. For the water access homes, again, there are 30 for sale here at Lake Anna right now. For your water access homes, the average price is about $540,000. It's taking those a little longer to sell. Right now, it's taking approximately 55 days to get the water access homes for sale. Now, why is that? Why is it taking longer for the less expensive homes, the water access homes, to get under contract. One word, or I should say two words, interest rates, higher interest rates. The higher interest rates are causing some of the buyers at the lower end, below let's say $600,000 to wait. They're a little more hesitant to buy right now, so it's taking a little bit longer. It's still quick, 55 days, but it's taking water access homes a little bit longer to sell right now than the waterfront homes. Again, waterfront homes are moving 
in about 35, 36 days on average. And then for the water access homes, you're looking at closer to 55, 58 days. But good news for your buyers, interest rates are slowly moving down as inflation is decreasing. And again, message to your sellers, it is an awesome time to sell right now because the supplies are low and the sellers are getting top dollar. And now back to my interview with Sergeant Allen Hatmaker. And do you have a region to which you're assigned? I do. So I am assigned to District 45, which is the Fredericksburg District. Okay. Uh, that district encompasses uh, Spotsylvania County, Stafford County, Orange County, and Carolina, Caroline County. Okay. How much of your time do you spend at Lake Anna? Uh, around the boating season, so I would say Memorial Day weekend uh, to Labor Day weekend, right. uh, we're pretty much out here just about every weekend, just about. Okay. Um, sometimes during the week, but mostly weekends. During boating season, would you say that half or more of your time is dedicated to Lake Anna? Oh, absolutely. All right. When you're here at Lake Anna, what are your main duties? What are you, what are you doing? Just kind of lay it out for everybody, people who don't know your job. So you want me to just tell you how my uh, average day is um, as far as starting my shift? Yeah. And the shift? Yeah. Well, it, it, we'll get there in a minute. Okay. I'm just thinking like big picture. What do you do? Are you, are you basically, I mean, you're law enforcement on the lake when you're here? Is that, is that kind of the easiest way to think about your, your job? So we are law enforcement on a lake. That is correct. Okay. But obviously, if we were to see something outside of the purview of boating, fishing, hunting, and we're right there, we would still have to act. Okay. But you're focused on enforcing regulations and laws related to boating, fishing, and hunting. Correct. Per- period. Correct. Okay. Um, Particularly boating safety. Boating safety. Okay. Okay. Um before we go any farther, uh, I want to talk a bit about your your background. I think you've got some law enforcement experience yourself. I do. How long have you been in law enforcement? So uh, about 18 years total. Okay. Where'd you start? Started uh, 2005 with Fairfax County uh, Criminal Justice Academy. I uh, was hired by the Fairfax County Sheriff's Department. Um, I was actually 20 years old. Wow. And by the time I graduated, I was 21. Okay. So I worked in the jail. Uh, Which jail? Uh, Fairfax Adult Detention Center. Okay. So I How long did you work there? Uh, about a year. Uh, prior prior to that, I was a cadet with Stafford. Uh, so I had some connections with Stafford. I knew okay. uh, a lot of the, um, uh, you know, the brass up there, a lot of the deputies mm-hmm. I used to work with when I was a cadet. So, it, you know, it was law enforcement was in my blood pretty early. Cool. Um, and uh, I left uh, Fairfax. Jumped on with Stafford Sheriff's Office, and okay. there I was. I was uh, on the street for about six years. Okay, as a deputy. As a deputy. Okay. Uh, left Stafford about 2012, roughly, and uh, I was hired by the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Uh, so it's uh, pretty much like the CIA police. Okay. Uh, so you're doing a lot of uh, post um, post work. You're checking badges. Uh, you know, making sure, you know, you don't have an unauthorized person. Faci- facility security facility. Yes. at intelligence agencies. Yes. Yeah. What it, before we talk about your experience there, when you were at Stafford, did you work um, in Marine Patrol? I did. What does that mean? So essentially Marine Patrol, it's pretty much what I do on Lake Anna now. Right. Okay. So you're looking for violations. And what I mean by that is uh, registration stickers. Are they expired? Uh, do you have reg- uh, registration stickers displayed on the boat? That should be if they're out on the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have numbering like you're supposed to? Um, you know, when we stop a boat, do they have the necessary safety equipment? So that's what we were looking for as a deputy when I was on Marine Patrol. What what bodies of water were you acting as Marine Patrol in Stafford? So you have a quiet creek up there, okay. Potomac okay. Creek yep. and Akakee Creek. So that so those was, are patrolled. That was patrolled um, when I was, well, it still is to this day. But when I was a deputy up there, that's what I was doing. It was an overtime um, gig. So when I was not working the street, I would sign up to do that. To do that. Okay. Correct. Okay. And then were you a member of a dive team when you were up there as well? I was. Um, so I was on the Stafford uh, dive team. I was certified and I was a, uh, a diver. So, you know, if someone, let's just say, you know, threw a gun mm-hmm. over the bridge, then we would have to go, go recover, get them, recover the gun. How often were you doing some diving? 
Was that also an overtime thing as well? It, it was an overtime thing. Cool. Um, so I was excited because not only do you get to dive with the sheriff's office, but your certs are also good worldwide. So if you want nice. to go on the, you know, on a trip to the Caribbean. Oh, your yeah, your diving certification, your scuba, your scuba diving so you certification is uh, can be used worldwide. Nice. Uh, but uh, we did uh, get some call outs, uh, mm-hmm. mainly you know recovering bodies, unfortunately, uh, and evidence. Uh, good news for me it was mostly a lot of training. So okay. we didn't get called out often. Yeah, that is good. So that is good. How deep was the diving up there? How deep is that? Is that river? Well, so I would say the Rappahannock River, I mean, it varies mm-hmm. um, from Fredericksburg all the way down to Port Royal. Okay, yeah. Um, so there's some variation. So it just, it varies. Uh, a lot of our training that we conducted was in the uh, Abel Lake Reservoir in Stafford County. Okay. Uh, we didn't typically dive in the deep area. Uh, mm-hmm. Normally it was around the bridges, right mm-hmm. the bridge right there at, on Kellogg Mill Road, Stafford, mm-hmm. because Typically, that's where you have people yep. always driving, dumping, tossing. Right. 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 And um, when you're diving, it's pitch black. So you can't see your hand in front, of, wow. know, in front of your face at all. That's because of the water quality? That's correct. So even during the daytime, it's, it's probably similar to Lake Anna. You go 10 or 20 feet down and it's just right. black. It's extremely murky. Yeah, so. John Odenkirk, who was here you know, a couple weeks ago said the same thing. He does some diving out here and he said, you go 10 or 20 feet down and it's, it's you, just you can't see your hand in front of your face. Yeah. I asked him cause he said he had diving and I asked him if he'd ever seen any big fish down deep. And he said, uh, he said, I can't see anything down there, even with the light, right. even with the light. Do you do, have you kept your, your scuba? Have you kept your diving tag? Unfortunately, I have not dove in quite a while. Uh, the last time I went diving was, uh, I was down in Florida off the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, recreational. Recreational. So, right. But that's it. I've been meaning to, uh, to learn to do that myself. So before I interrupted you, uh, you said, in I think in 2012, you moved to the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Correct. Uh, and then, uh, and I think the year after that, you came to DWR. Is that right? 2013? 2013. I was hired by DWR. Okay. So. Um what caused you to want to change to DWR from the geospatial intelligence agency? So, cause that was federal law enforcement at the time. That was federal law enforcement. Uh, it's a different type of law enforcement. You're more, you're doing mostly security work. So, you know, here I am with Stafford Sheriff's office, you know, arresting people, you know, going after right. wanted individuals, doing cop stuff, doing cop right. stuff. Right. Then going just it just comes to a screeching halt, you know, halt, and you're just standing at a post all day checking badges. It's not for me, right? Right. So I wanted to go back, do something else, and uh, I like to hunt. Uh, occasionally, whenever I have a chance, I fish. Right. Uh, and of course, I love boating. When I was on the Marine Patrol with Stafford, I absolutely loved it. And actually, it was pretty funny. There was one day I told uh, one of my deputy coworkers. I said, you know, I would love to do this full time. And he just laughed. He said, yeah, well, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to. Right. <laughs> and so, here you are. And here I am. So I, I put in, there was a, a empty position uh, for a conservation police officer uh, for the Stafford area. Mm-hmm. So I put in for it and I got it. What type of qualifications do are you required to have to apply for this job? I don't know if it's changed from the time you applied to, to now, 10 years ago, but. So you don't need a college degree. You do not. You do not. Okay. It would help. Um, it would definitely help if you have law enforcement background, right? Okay. Because if you have the law enforcement background, you also have the knowledge of the general uh, laws mm-hmm. that you know law enforcement you know enforces on a daily basis. Um, so uh, that would definitely help you. Also know the court system, mm-hmm. right? You know how to testify in court. Yeah. Um, prepare cases. Uh, so that would definitely help you, uh, pretty much, you know, get a little bit of a boost. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but you need to be 21 and, uh, background in fishing, hunting, uh, boating would help, mm-hmm. but it's not necessary. Okay. So, um, and also a sound moral character. So, you know, you don't want to be going around, you know, committing game violations, shooting from the road and then applying for us. Cause that's not going right. to work out. Not, not a good fit. <laughs> yeah. Not a good fit. 
What was your initial job in 13 when you got hired on to DWR? So I was assigned the Stafford area. Okay. Um, but I still was responsible for investigating crimes that was in my district. Okay. Um, so if something were to happen in Caroline or Spotsylvania, I would still have to go and investigate, you know, those crimes. boating, hunting, fishing, boating, hunting, fishing. Correct. And then I guess you did that for a few years and then you, at some point you got assigned to this area. So back in 2017, roughly, mm-hmm. uh, I was assigned Lake Anna uh, and Louisa. Okay. Um, Louisa is no longer in my district. That is in the Charlottesville district. Okay. Um, that happened a couple of years ago, um, just so that way there's more officers covering the lake. Good. So. Good. Um, but Spotsylvania is in your district? Spotsylvania is in my district. Okay. And yes. is Orange in your district? Orange County is. Okay. So your hook to the lake now is Orange and Spotsy. Correct. And then you have a counterpart who's in, is it Charlottesville or, or Albemarle County, who picks up the Louisa side? Correct. So there's a different district. Um, that okay. is the Charlottesville district. So they're responsible for the lake, just like the Fredericksburg district is responsible for the lake. Okay. Uh, okay. They have the Louisa side. We have the Spotsy side. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. Our, yeah. Our batch there in the water. Virginia. And so, I mean, we can go anywhere in Virginia. So. Right. Right. Um, so you've been here on the lake as a con- conservation police officer? Correct. Since 2017? Correct. Awesome. Awesome. And then I think a year or two ago, you, you got a promotion? I did. Back in December of 2021. And I was promoted to sergeant? Promoted to sergeant. And what, what does that mean? How'd your job change? So I went from investigating a lot of, um, you know, boating, hunting, fishing related violations to uh, assisting, um, being more of a, um, a leader. Supervisor. Supervisor. Um, I try not to use the word supervisor. Right. You know, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, helping out. Uh, a mentor, you know, being a mentor for the new officers that are coming and just kind of showing them how to, you know, investigate these crimes and uh, also building the bridges between, you know, within the community, um, Spotsylvania, Louisa, Orange County, Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, sometimes you're going to need them. Yeah. 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 I bet. I bet. So So when you came on to the job, generally speaking, what type of training did you have to have? And was that training any different because you were coming from a law enforcement background already? So each academy, they have uh, either a modified academy for those that are previously sworn, okay, or they just have an academy mixed with uh, previously sworn officers and new um, individuals have never been mm-hmm. sworn before. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I came on in 2013, they were just looking for, I believe it was 10 or 13 um, officers that were already DCGS certified. Um, as a law enforcement officer in Virginia. Okay. So that really uh, helped me out uh, being able to secure that job. Um, so uh, we went to, down to the academy, the academy mm-hmm. being down in Richmond. Right. Um, they put us up in a hotel uh, Monday through Friday. You're allowed to come home uh, on the weekend. Okay. And um, they go it's a over, police academy, so to speak. Yeah, it's a police academy. Just like the movie. Just, just like the movie. <laughs> However, this is a modified academy, so they don't abbreviated. They don't yell at you. They don't, sure. you know, push up. You guys get it already, run. right? Because we've been there. We've done that, right? We already have the experience. We're already certified. So just, you know, just teach us what we need. So right. that's, that's what they do. So at that time, they were just teaching us the game laws. Uh, not only do you have fishing, hunting, and boating laws, but you also have regulations. And um, I had never heard of that because. I was a deputy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in the academy, that's not something that they discuss is, well, you also have regulations. Right. So um, that was, you know, a little unusual for me to get used to because the regulation manual is pretty thick. So interesting regulations. Give us an example or two of a, a regulation versus, you know, a, a, a codified law. Sure. So, um, all right, so in Virginia, you have um, uh, boating safety law, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it basically mandates that anybody who is operating a boat um, over ten horsepower has to complete a boat safety education right. class. So that is a uh, that is an actual state law, right? Um, 
regulations are passed by our board, right? Mm -hmm. And our board passed these regulations to address fishing, hunting, boating more in depth. Okay. And um, what I mean by that is you may have a regulation on um, an area that is CWD positive. And what I mean by CWD, chronic wasting disease, right? So in that certain area, you're not allowed to, to bait deer. Okay. Or allowed to feed deer because it's, uh, you know, positive for this particular disease. Okay. Okay. So, um, so you'd violate the regulation if you baited in that area. Correct. You could punishable by a fine. Typically it's punishable by fine. Correct. So it's, so it's not even, it's not even a misdemeanor. It's so it actually, it is, it is, it okay. is. So some are class three, some are, some are class four misdemeanors. Okay. Um, so class four, uh, three misdemeanors are $500 fine max, uh, class, what did I say? Class four, class three is $500. Help. I'm sorry. Yes, class five. Hold on, let me back up. It's one of those. Yeah, class four is a two hundred fifty dollar max fine, Roger. and then a class three is five hundred dollar fine. It's more expensive. Okay, right. the more serious. Correct. Class four is less serious than Correct. class three. It's just a ticket, basically. Right. But okay. Still, I mean, it's still you're an attorney. That's still a criminal violation. Yep. Yep. It is. It's a mark. Correct. It's a mark. Um, okay. Interesting. So you had to learn a lot of the regulations. Correct. Um, was part of your training, did they teach you guys since you're going to be on the water, like water skiing, wakeboarding, things like that? So we didn't did really water go sports? into any of the water sports. We did go into, um, that was kind of a joke. Yeah. Don't you think it would be, <laughs> you guys, it would be helpful in your job to be able to water ski and yeah, it would be you nice. could do un undercover operations that way on the lakes. Nice. It would be nice. Sorry, stupid joke. <laughs> yeah. um, so that academy, the abbreviated one that you went through, was how long did you say? It was eight weeks, ten weeks? Gosh, I'm trying to remember. I think that was probably about ten to thirteen weeks. Okay. Roughly. Okay. Um, let's shift topics. A minute ago, you know, you offered to kind of take us through, you know, like your 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 typical day. Right. On on the lake, obviously, our, our listeners here are going to be lake residents, lake investors, boaters, fishermen. So, let's do this two ways. Take us through a non-holiday day <laughs> on the lake, right? From the beginning of your day until the end of your day, and then we'll do a holiday day, okay? Be be beginning to end. So a non-holiday mm -hmm. summer day. summertime, just your average typical Saturday. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I mark on duty. I go to the marina where we have our boats. What does mark on duty mean? So basically you're getting on the radio and you're telling dispatch that you're on duty. So okay. that is the beginning of your shift. And your shift typically starts with 7, 8 a.m. on a day like that? It actually depends. It varies. Okay. We have different times that we come on. Okay. Um, so it could be, I could be starting at 10 a.m. or I could be starting at 3 p.m. Okay. It just depends. Um, so let's just say I get the day shift, right? So I'll mark on about 10. Okay. I'll go to the Marina, uh, put some sunscreen on. Which Marina? Uh, Dukes, Dukes okay. Creek Marina. Yep. Yep. So it's over on the public side. It's over on the public side. Obviously off of Lewiston. That's correct. So. And, uh, and is that where your Marine vehicle is typically kept? Some, uh, we like to keep uh, our boats in other areas too. Okay. So you've got so, them at various undisclosed that's locations. Correct. That's correct. <laughs> right. Picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. All right. right. So you go to Duke's or another location. Correct. And what are you doing there? Um, so you're just preparing for your shift. So you're you're carrying your boat bag that has your AED, right? Uh, sunscreen. AED is your so stands for. So essentially, if someone is having a cardiac arrest, right? You pull the AED out. You put the pads on. You push the button. And gotcha. then that, you it's know, like the defibrillator. Correct. It, it gives a, a little, you know, jolt to the heart, essentially. Okay. Um, but uh, so we have that sunscreen, uh, binoculars. Mm -hmm. We use that a lot. Are you armed? There. Of course. Okay. Yep. So you guys are armed. So we are armed. Uh, bulletproof vest, um, you know, handcuffs, uh, pepper spray. We have mm -hmm. all that. And for people who are listening and not watching right now, all of which you are wearing now. 
Correct. In fact, right before we started, you did some target practice in my backyard. Bang, yeah. bang, bang. You showed great. me how the gun worked. You let Absolutely. me shoot it. Oh, it was yeah. awesome. Yep. Up into the air a couple times. You were trying to get Ca- me fired. Cowboy style. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding. Just kidding. All right. So you go to the, you go to your Marine Patrol unit. Right. You're geared up. You've got your boat bag. Jump. Got jump your sunscreen. You jump right. on the boat. Uh, we do a boat inspection. So we make sure that we have all the necessary safety equipment. Mm-hmm. So that includes our uh, life jackets, right? Make sure we have a type four throwable device. Okay. Um, so uh, type four is, uh, I don't know if you might have seen Gilligan's Island, but you know, the little the hoop. cushion, yep. right? So that's a type four throwable. Um, also a square. That, that Either of them satisfy either, the requirement. Either or, that's correct. Right. All right. So we make sure we have that in a Gilligan's function. Island. Man, that's a throwback. That is. Well done. Yes, well done. That is. <laughs> All right. So you got to have those. And Correct. that and that is in case someone is uh, in distress in the water. Correct. You can, you can throw it to them. Throw it to them so that they way can hang on to drowning. it. Correct. Gotcha. So, uh, so like I said, we're uh, reviewing all of our safety equipment. Uh, we're also checking the boat, make sure there's no damage to the prop. Make sure the boat is running correctly. Make sure we have gas. We're mm-hmm. not going to get anywhere without any gas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, once you know the person that's working with you gets there jump out and just start looking for violations so you guys go out in pairs we do okay yeah and okay so boat's ready everything's good you pull out correct um is there a rhyme or reason to how you approach patrol on the lake in terms of where you go where you don't go or do you just you just i think it's up to the officer okay right so obviously we can you know uh check fishermen Mm-hmm. Right. Um, as well. Uh, but, you know, let's just say we've had reports of a lot of jet ski um, reckless operation in okay. front of the state park. Right. Okay. So perhaps we'll go to that area and sit there and watch and look for violations there. OK. Um, versus checking fishermen for the day. Right. So right. We look for more for the boat safety violations. OK. Um, so it just it just depends on what the officer wants to do for that day, what they're wanting to look for, right? They want to look for more fishermen, or do they want to look for boating safety? Obviously, we're in the summertime, right? Lake mm-hmm. Anna has had some some instances on the lake, um, so we want to make sure that we target the boating safety issues and uh, address that. When you say instances on the lake, what do you mean? Well, so boat accidents. Boat accidents. Boat accidents. Um, what are s- some of the classic boat accidents scenes you 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 see or, or the more common ones the most common boat accidents i typically see out here knock on wood because not many not well most of the boating accidents that i see out here is uh skiing accidents right so someone is either being pulled um you know, on a tube mm-hmm. or someone is skiing, the boat goes to turn and they forget that the person behind them is on a rope mm-hmm. and then they crash into a dock or a tree or something like that. Oh, they fling them. They fling them. Correct. Wow. So I have seen a lot of that. So that's a bad that. boat driver to say the least. To say the least. Yes. Cause they need to be aware of their surroundings at all times, how close they are to docks. Um, how close they are to other objects uh, in the water, such as trees. Um, so um, it also takes some courage to, if I'm the skier, to continue to hang on when I see that dock coming, correct, or that bridge coming. I mean, I get not wanting to fall, but there comes a point where you just got to let go. Yeah, I, I actually had one a couple of years ago where there was a guy uh, that was operating his boat. Mm-hmm. He was pulling his coworker and. Uh, I believe it was his son, I can't remember, uh, on the tube. Mm -hmm. And he went to go turn the boat, completely forgot that when he turned the boat, obviously the tube is just going to completely go. Fling out there. The direction that the boat was originally going. And he uh, plowed them into a dock. Uh, So unfortunately, the the female sustained some injuries to the leg. She was taken to UVA uh, hospital. She turned out to be all right. But it's just stuff like that is the way what I see. So more common than a boat on boat accident, a boat collision. It sounds like you're saying what's more common is a is a single boat 
pulling a ski or pulling a tuber and they whip them into an object on the shoreline. Either that or uh, prop injuries. Okay. So uh, prop, you mean propeller, propeller propellers, correct from the motor. So uh, perhaps somebody may have forgot to turn the motor off. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets too close to the propeller, mm-hmm. and of course, a propeller you know goes into someone's leg or not back. forgiving. Correct, and that's a pretty nasty injury. Uh, so those are the ones that I see the most, along with uh, jet skis being reckless. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, I've observed individuals drive jet skis out here on the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody is in the water and they're within five feet zipping and racing around that person's head. Yeah. That's so pretty reckless. If it's within that is five feet, reckless, correct. Or and spraying. That is another major issue. People think it, think it's fun. Um, but we had one a couple of years ago. It was two brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were trying to spray one another they on the jet skis, on the jet skis. They got too close and they collided. Uh, Brand new jet skis the dad had just bought uh, for the sons. Um, I can't remember the injuries for that one, but that was uh, that occurred when I first got here. Easy to do. I think a lot of people think that jet skis operate like cars, where you have brakes and you can stop quickly. Correct. You have traction and you can turn quickly. Correct. N- neither of which you have. Correct. You turn and you just kind of keep going, skidding in a jet ski. And the brakes, there, there really aren't any true brakes on a jet ski. No. Um, yeah, I, I see that from time to time. Yeah. The jet skiers. And I think half of the jet skiers here are renting the jet skis. They don't know what they're doing. They want to have fun, which is great. But yeah, sometimes they get a little too close, a little right. too close. So, so I guess ways to avoid those instances you know, we've got boaters and jet skiers here listening. Um, don't get close to the shoreline. Where there's docks, Correct. bridges, don't get close to bridges. Um, keep the skiing activity out in the center. Correct. Um, how do we avoid prop injuries? It's as simple as just turn off the engine when people are in the water, so period. Someone's in the water, turn off the motor. What do you hear people say? I mean, now you spend a lot of time in a boat, so you'll probably be able to address this. But you hear people say, well, when it's in neutral, the prop's not spinning. Mm-hmm. It still spins. Maybe not as fast if it's in gear, but it will still spin. But it'll still spin. So better safe than sorry. Just turn it off. Correct. And then, you know, what say you to the the jet ski drivers out there? How do we uh, how do we avoid being reckless? You can still have fun, but just do it uh, in a safe manner, right? So just go out there, make sure that you're not too close. You're supposed to be uh, fifty feet away from another boat, anyways. Uh, jet ski to jet ski, there's the law doesn't cover that. So you can be right next to another jet ski. Uh, Interesting. But uh, obviously you just want to make sure you use some common sense, right? So you don't want to be within like, I don't know, 20 feet. And then you're trying to spray your, your friend out there because uh, that's extremely close. Mm-hmm. And all it takes is just, you know, a split second for you to mess up. And then next thing you know, your friend's going to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think you mentioned the 50-foot rule. Correct. Um, I think now might be a really good time if you could just lay out the most prominent rules, most prominent the laws, regulations that, you know, apply here uh, at the lake. And we can maybe go through them categorically because I think a lot of people that are listening here may be familiar with some of them. But part of what they're looking for is, hey, you know, lay out the basic laws, lay out the basic regulations for me on, you know, the boating side, the fishing side, um, you know, the jet ski side, to the extent there is, we can talk about what it means to be reckless. People know where the line is and how not to cross it. Um, We can talk about the hunting side, but let's start with boating. What, What are the main regulations and laws with boating that folks on Lake Anna should be thinking about? So there's a lot of boating laws. I bet. Um, so I will just mention the ones that come off, you know, off the top of my head. Please. Um, Probably so the most common violations. Common that you violations. Um, so obviously, uh, you know, not waking another boat. So being 50 feet, right? Okay. Um, when you say not waking another boat, that means going by them in a close proximity and right. creating within 50 feet and creating a wake a wake okay right so, so stay 50 feet away from other boats 50 feet 50 feet away from another boat um 
uh, as far as uh, the no wake zones, make sure you're adhering to the, the buoys. If it says no wake, it's no wake. Uh, the power plant has no boats. It's a no boat zone. So make mm-hmm. sure you don't go into the no boat zone. Um, and those are marked with buoys. Those are marked with buoys. Private and public side. Correct. Okay. Um, also at the dam, there it's marked as well. No boats allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, you know, for the safety of individuals. You don't want to get too close to the dam. Um, you don't want to get close to, too close to the power plant as well. Uh, when you're on a uh, jet ski, make sure your lanyard is attached. Make sure you're wearing a life jacket. When you say lanyard, do you mean the kill switch? The kill switch. Okay. Right. So that that is mandatory. You have to wear the kill switch. Okay. So make sure you're wearing that. Uh, make sure that you are wearing a life jacket. You have to wear a life jacket while you're operating a jet ski. Um, and just use common sense, right? So don't, you know, rip and race in front of someone's dock and, you know, try to spray individuals. Don't try to spray individuals on a, on a jet ski. Uh, if someone's in the water... Don't try to get too close with mm-hmm. them. Um, it was just a few years ago I had a person in the water and they were just ripping and racing uh, next to that person's head as they were swimming around. And the person was laughing. He thought it was funny. But all it takes is just, you know, a split second for. Yeah, real funny. Your head's about to be Correct. taken off. Correct. Both were laughing. I'd, wow. You know, kind of interesting to see, but yep. it was addressed and dealt with. Um, uh, also drinking. Okay. Right. So you can drink, but do it in a responsible manner. So go out there, operate your boat. Um, if you if you want to have uh, several drinks, make sure you have a sober operator. Um, what are the what are the laws, the rules there? Because you know everybody you know knows you know out on the road. You know I think the limit is what point oh eight point oh eight in Virginia. Correct. Um, is there something akin to that on the water? Same thing, 0.08 on the water. There is. Okay, so it's 0.08. It is 0.08. How often are you guys breathalyzing out there? Does that happen out on the the water? It does. Okay. Um, So, I mean, we do arrest uh, drunk operators. It's kind of weird, you know, instead of drunk drivers, but it's drunk operators. It's a drunk operator, right. So we do arrest drunk operators, um, not on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. uh, but we do pull them off the water. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't see a lot of drunk operators out there. Good. Um, I mean, I I remember a couple of 4th of July, um, uh, it's probably about five 4th of July's I I was out here and I must've stopped at least, gosh, I don't know, 50 boats roughly. And out of those 50 boats, only four had alcohol on board. Wow. Uh, And those four individuals, those operators were sober. Um, so it was just the passengers were drinking, just the passengers that were drinking. Um, obviously, you know, it's just like a car, right? So I'm sure right now as we're speaking, somebody's out there, they're drunk, they're driving, Mm -hmm. right? So we can't be everywhere all the time. However, what I can say is, um, what I typically see out there is there is a lot of responsible, uh, individuals uh, that are boating, uh, that are not drinking and, you know, intoxicated out there. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. I, you know, I thought it was just me and I thought that you were going to have a different story um, because based on my observations around the lake, you know, I, I don't see a lot of drinking and operating. You'll see it on the shoreline and people partying and have a good time. But in my experience at the lake, the boat operators have, have always seemed pretty safe in terms of drinking. And that's, that's good to hear that that's been your experience as well. That has been my experience. Uh, Now you can be anchored, right? And you can just drink away. Right. You're not operating. You're not operating. It's like your car, your park, car parked. Correct. But once you turn it on, once you pull the anchor up, technically mm -hmm. you're underway. So, right. Um, we just ask that people, you know, make sure that if they're going to drink, make sure they do it responsibility, just like a car, right? But worse, right? Because you can't, there's no brakes on a boat. Yeah. So. And no one's wearing seatbelts. And nobody's wearing seatbelts. So I would And there's a lot of water where is. you can drown. Correct. A minute ago, you said there's a requirement to wear a life jacket on a jet ski. Correct. Is there a similar requirement to wear a life jacket on a boat? So, no. Okay. So if you're on a boat, you just have to have a life jacket for everybody on board. Okay. Right. If you have children, make sure you have one that fits a child. Mm-hmm. And that way, if I'm stopping you and you, you have two children and you're giving me, you know, five adult life jackets, 
well, the adult jackets mm-hmm. aren't going to fit your child. And it's not going right. to do them any good if something were to happen. Right. Right. Um, so we want to make sure that everybody's safe. Make sure you have a life jacket that fits everybody on board. Does the Gilligan's Island throw count as one? Uh, no. So you it are required not. to have, you have to have life jackets for everybody on board. Um, and you also have to have the type uh, for throwable. Uh, you have to have a throwable. Well. Okay. Correct. Well, while we're talking about it, let's go through the list of what you're required to have okay. on your boat. Okay. So life jacket for each person. Life jacket for each person. Appropriately fitting. Correct. Make sure that it's not torn, right? Make sure, sure. it's not old. Uh, <laughs> like chewed up by mice. Correct. Or the right. dog, you know, got a hold of it. It's got to be operational. Correct. And then... Uh, Your type four. At least the Gilligan's Island, at least one of those? At least one of those. Right? Okay. Um, and then uh, you have to have a fire extinguisher on board. Okay. Right? Now, um, I say this, different boats require different safety equipment, right? But generally speaking, out here in the lake, mm-hmm. it's going to be required that you have to have a life jacket for everybody on board, a mm-hmm. uh, fire extinguisher, and a type four throw cushion. Okay. That's generally what we... Because we don't pull huge boats out like we do, you know, like, let's just say, like the Chesapeake Bay. Okay. So... What about, am I required to carry a copy of license and registration? So you do have to have a, uh, your registration, your boat registration okay. with you. Um, if you are operating a boat uh, 10 horsepower or more, you mm-hmm. have to have completed a boat safety education class. Okay. Um, you have to have the card with you. Okay. Okay. Uh, if, let's just say you and I are in a boat. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I have a 150 horsepower motor. Mm-hmm. I did not complete my boat safety education, mm-hmm. but you did. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm operating the boat. Mm-hmm. That's fine. As long as somebody has somebody, taken that class. So somebody on board. Correct. Doesn't have to be the operator. Correct. Good to know. Now, it's different from a jet ski. Okay. If a person is operating a jet ski, they have to have completed that class. Okay. So it's a little different versus a boat. Okay. Is there a minimum age for operating either a jet ski or a boat on the lake? Uh, so, no. So, with a boat, you could essentially have your child operate it. Um, I wouldn't recommend it, but... But she would have to, or he would have to take the class. Correct. So, I could take my eight-year-old, plop her in front of the computer. If she legitimately passes it, she can go tearing around out there on the jet ski, as long as she has her life jacket. Uh, as far as the jet ski... Yep. Um, their minimum age? Yeah. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I believe it's 14... 14, I think 15. That's, that's what I write, 14. So, But my big 23-foot centurion, she could take out by herself and just cruise yes. around. Technically, yes. She's going to be very happy to hear this. Yes. This is going to be good. In fact, yeah. I will never tell her that. Yeah. Definitely not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that. <laughs> She'll, she'd be asking every single day. Um, interesting. Okay, so there's a minimum age for jet skis, not a minimum age for, for boats. Correct. I've, I've heard uh, from some that you're required – or is it just recommended that you have some type of paddle on board not in case you're can. stranded? Not only can I would recommend you have a paddle because yeah. you never know. Yep, been there, done that. Yeah, but you wish I had a paddle required. before. You're not required on the lake. Okay. Um, any type of sound device, uh, a whistle, a horn, anything like that. I've heard that you're required to have one of those to flag down help. So only if the channel is two nautical miles wide. Okay. So that does not include Lake Anna. Okay. And there's no channels here on Lake Anna. So you're looking more towards like, uh, like what? Chesapeake Bay. Okay. Basically the bigger water, not Lake Anna. Okay. Even though Lake Anna is pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it, but the channel part, right? You don't meet that requirement. Okay. Basically U S coast guard patrolled waters. Okay. And is that, that's for, if you're in distress, basically. Correct. Okay. And you're far away. Um, uh, flares, none of that's required, none of that. Okay. So in in terms of registration, is it enough that I have a valid registration sticker that I can point to on my boat or do I also need the card with my name on it? You have to have both the card and the sticker. Okay. So, uh, and when I say uh, registration, if you're on a canoe Mm -hmm. and you don't have a motor on it, you don't have to have it registered. Okay. If you have a kayak and you put a trolling motor on there or some sort of electric motor, right? You are technically supposed to register that through us and you have to have your registration with you. Okay. Okay. Does that cover it for contents of boats required 
contents of boats? Yes. For Lake Anna, I would say yes. Okay. So life jackets, type four. And correct me if I'm wrong, there are no speed limits at Lake Anna, right? No, no speed Because you see, you know, these some of these speed boats, these cigarette boats, the hot boats. Correct. You know, <laughs> they go pretty fast. They do. How, it, it, just briefly, because I want to be cognizant of your time. Um, I know you need to get out of here, but how do you maintain safety with some of these boats that, you know, can do 80 or hundred miles an hour? You know, are they in any way regulated where they can do it or should do it? Or there's just certain days and areas where they're designated. How, how does that work? Or do they just, so there's, there's not really like we discussed, there's not a speed limit on the lake, right? Yep. There are no wake zones. Yep. So once they get to the no wake zones, they're supposed to adhere to those waterway markers. Right. Um, we don't really have issues. I say this, knock on wood. We don't have any issues um, with those individuals. That's good. That's good. Um, Can you hear them? Y- you hear them. Right. But I mean, I, we just don't see major issues out there. That's great. With people, you know cutting people off or anything. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, right? It's no different than driving down the road and someone cutting you off. Yeah. You, yeah. You see the idiots every once in a while. Any special rules about boating at night? So I would recommend, uh, if you're on a boat, make sure that you, all of your lights are working. Sure. Right. You have to have your lights, uh, your navigational lights working. I see that a lot where people are out there, uh, Let's just say they came down for the weekend mm-hmm. and they just want to stay, uh, you know, Friday through Sunday. Mm-hmm. And they launched the boat and they realized, oh, no, my 360 light doesn't work. Eh, whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Or my nav lights. Eh, it's not a big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'll be fine. And the next thing you know, they launched the boat. And you have a uh, boat with no lights out there. It's pitch black. Yeah. I mean, it's just, also known as a target. You're yeah, you, asking for a problem. Yeah, you can get drilled. So, uh, matter of fact, it was just, um, I want to say it was a couple of weeks ago. There were some kayakers that were out at nighttime with no lights. Oh, it's an accident and waiting to happen. There was a, a guy on a boat that was operating out in the middle of the lake, and he had no idea that there were kayakers. Of course not. I mean, right? Yeah. There's no lights. So, and it's dark out And there. he hit them. Did he really? He did. Jeez. But thankfully, uh, those individuals sustained some, but they were some injuries, but they were minor. They weren't life threatening. Lucky, lucky. Very lucky. I'll tell you similarly, and I don't know if there's a regulation you can speak to on this, but I have had personally two instances where I have almost run over a solo swimmer Hmm. who just decided to go swim out in the middle of the lake. One of them at like as the sun was setting and, you know, I was just cruising out in the middle of the lake, 20 miles an hour, nothing crazy. And my, my kids were up front and they started screaming and I slowed down and there's a guy 50 feet in front of my boat, just almost like doing laps in a pool, but he's just went, but I mean, we're out in the middle of the lake. And then, uh, it happened again, uh, recently. In fact, it happened to my daughter, um, uh, older daughter was on a jet ski out middle of the lake someone just swimming and almost and she was going pretty fast and she almost ran over him and she actually to her credit came back and she said sir i mean this is really dangerous she said i almost just ran over you and see i mean it's a free country i guess you can you can do that it's just uh i mean there's no is there any rules you know regulations preventing that you're supposed to have like a flashing hat on or no you you can swim i mean if that's what you choose to do assumption of risk it's actually interesting that you bring that up. I remember several years ago, there were some teenagers that were uh, betting one another who could swim across one side of the lake to the other. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was up there past Tim's uh-huh. um, going to the sandbar. Sure. And um, the one boy, he started to swim across um, and realized that he couldn't do it. And he tried to swim back and unfortunately he didn't make it. Uh, drowned. He drowned. <sighs> Man. So I, I would not recommend swimming out here. Way out. If you're going to swim, do it near the shore, but don't. I wouldn't recommend going out in the middle. Yeah. A, you could drown Correct. if you get stuck or cramped, and B, there's other boats Correct. out there that, that cannot see you. Cannot also see. out by Dyke 3, mm-hmm. right? So where the bridge is, yep. you have the uh, the water coming. Um, the discharge point, the discharge yeah. discharge point, right? Would and not. that's where it circulates back private side into the public side. Correct. I would not recommend swimming there. 
because that current is it's very turbulently strong. Yeah, you can see it from the yes. water. You can see it. Yes. There have been injuries and fatalities there Correct. years ago. And we have signs saying that you're not allowed to Don't swim. Don't swim. So. I mean, some of this is common sense, I swear. I mean, this is like Darwin, right? No I mean, comment. I, I, no comment. It's amazing. Um, keeping an eye on your time. Walk us through the the most important fishing laws and regulations that any anglers that are listened to here at Lake Anna that they should be cognizant of the common violations you see. Uh, as far, as far as the fishing violations, it's mostly a lot of more boating violations to be honest with you. Okay. By like fishermen in boats. No, just boating people. Boating, boating period. Boating period. I would say that was, is our biggest now, obviously, we you know in the springtime we have um, people fishing at Dyke Three, mm -hmm. right, or just on a boat, and they're fishing for stripers, mm -hmm. right. So, um, and why is that a problem? Well, it's not a problem. I mean, we want you to enjoy, you know, enjoy yourself and mm -hmm. fish. Uh, we just want to make sure that you're uh, getting all the, you know, you're not going over the resources that you're not allowed to keep, right? What does so, that mean? So what I mean by that is uh, stripers, 20 inches, no more than four, right? Okay, so it has to be it has to be at least 20 inches long to keep it. To keep it. And you can't catch and keep more than four in a day. Correct. And is there a cumulative total, or can I go out there and get four a day so as long as I want? Four a day. It's four a day. Every day. Every day. I could do it. Four a day. All right. Are there any other catch limits like that on any other fish in Lake Anna? There are, but off the top of my head, I can't remember okay. all of them. You got your book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got your book. Um, and then, how is that in, enforced? Will you, will you guys, if if you're if you've made a stop for some other reason, or you have cause to believe someone's going over, will you just you'll just go inspect the fish and count them, and just to see if people are complying? Let's just say you're fishing, mm -hmm. and I observe you fishing. I'll pull up to you, chit chat with you, ask you how your day is going, mm -hmm. um, see if you caught anything. And um, check your fishing license. And then, obviously, if you did catch fish, typically you're going to have it in the live well. I'm going to ask to see it. And generally speaking, uh, individuals will show us, you know, what all they caught. So Okay. Same question about hunting laws. Obviously, some of the, we've got duck hunting, goose hunting that happens on the lake. Um and what about land-based hunting near the lake? Is that within your purview as well, or is you're strictly marine? No. Uh, so hunting, fishing, boating, mm -hmm. anywhere in Virginia, uh, that's what we enforce. So if, let's just say you're duck hunting from your shore, mm -hmm. right, that would fall in our purview. Okay. I mean, we, we would enforce that. Um, that, you know, hunting laws, there's a lot of hunting laws as well. So mm -hmm. uh, I guess generally speaking, uh, if you're hunting um, waterfowl, what I would just basically do is check to see what all you shot, mm -hmm. right? Um, also, I would check your licenses. To, uh, not only do you have to have certain um, state licenses, but you're also required to have certain federal license. Okay. Um, so um, I would check that and then, you know, check your gun. Um, also, if you have a boat, right? Mm -hmm. Boating safety. I would ask to uh, to check your uh, boat safety equipment. Mm -hmm. uh, a few years ago, not on the lake, but a few years ago, we had some individuals that were waterfowl hunting um, up in Stafford, um, and the prop got tangled on some nets, mm -hmm. and the boat capsized. And unfortunately, one person didn't make it. Oh wow! So uh, I think people should realize that just because you're hunting, if you're from a you know, if you, if you have a boat, you're on the water, you should still have the boating safety equipment Yeah, because you never know what's going to happen. Right. Still have your life jackets, have your life jacket, have your throw, have your throw. I mean, it, it can happen so quickly. Right. Um, I don't know if we have time, but I have one, um, very sad story. I can tell you. We do. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Um, a few years ago, this is a hunting related, it's boating related. Okay. Um, but, um, uh, there were some teenagers that, that set out from Pleasant's Landing. Okay. Um, they were wanting to do a little fishing trip. Yeah. Right. So they left. They started going up the lake. What were they in? Uh, it was a, I believe it was a skiff. I can't remember. It was a stand-up uh, central console boat. Okay. Um, I can't remember the model. or the. But model. it had an engine. It had an engine, correct. So they were underway, and they hit a shallow area uh, okay. on the lake. Mm-hmm. 
unbeknownst to the teenagers, they didn't realize that um, that day was extremely windy, Mm -hmm. right? So they didn't check the weather Mm -hmm. uh, that day. Uh, They sat out, you know, for, you know, uh, they went, they went out for their fishing trip anyways, and they hit the shallow area and they started taking on water. Did they get stuck in the shallow area? They got stuck. Okay. Uh, The wind, like I said, was extremely bad that day. Uh, The boat started taking on water and um, they just weren't paying attention, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the kids actually were um, uh, Snapchatting. Mm-hmm. the incident he mm-hmm. was filming himself and um, they decided they wanted to swim mm-hmm. instead of staying with the boat and putting life jackets on so they got out of the boat got into the water the one teenager is still snapchatting himself out there laughing you know everybody's having a good time not realizing that the shallow area is no longer shallow where they were Right. So it started getting deeper and deeper and deeper to the point where I believe it was about 30 feet. Um, they started struggling. Uh, they tried to make it to the shore. Unfortunately, um, one did not. Uh, luckily for the other three, uh, there was a uh, person on land that observed the teenagers uh, in need of help. He jumped on his boat and went out there and plucked them from the water. And I'll never forget interviewing the one teenager um it was so, it's such a sad you story. You investigated this. I did. It was such a sad story because, um, I mean, that was their friend, you know? Yeah. And they were- These were teens. They're teens, uh, just wanting to go out and have a good time. This was just fishing. a couple of years ago. It was. I remember when this it happened, was. yeah. Um, so it was, very, it was a very sad um, situation. Uh, but the one teenager I interviewed, I'll never forget, he said, he said that he was swimming and he went out, you know, was- rolled over on his back and he was just looking up at the sky and just thinking that this is going to be his day. Oh man. And he said that everything started getting quiet and he just started thinking about his family. And uh, at that point, that's when the passerby came by and just plucked him out of the water. So that really moved me when he said that. Uh, It just goes back to make sure you have your safety equipment. Um, if they would have just stayed with the boat and donned their life jackets, things yeah. would have turned out a little differently. So there were four of them. Yes. There, and one of them drowned. Correct. And, and there, so, and there were life jackets, life preservers in the boat. Yes. And they left them behind. Yes. Oh, that's tragic. Yeah. I had not heard that. Yeah. I had, I had heard rumors that there weren't enough life jackets and some of them did, some of them didn't. Wow. So they all four set out to swim. To fish. Leaving their life. No, I mean, oh, what, yeah, so they yeah. struck the. Right. And then left the life jackets in the boat. Correct. And just decided to swim in. They thought what the the shore, the point where they were going to swim to, they thought was closer than it really was. Right. So it was a pretty good distance. Yeah. And the wind. And the wind on top of that. And it really, you know, made them struggle um, where a couple of them had even said that they were thinking about just giving up. So, man, kudos to that uh, good Samaritan that watched everything happen from the shore and, and ran out and helped. Oh, absolutely. My goodness. If he was not outside, I think it would have been different. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, regardless, it was still a very tragic and sad incident. Um, it is. Because, but, I, you know, we had to, we have to work those incidents and then we have to sit down with the family. And, you know, that's that is not something that I enjoy doing. Um, was that shallow area marked? Uh, it was, yes. Okay. So lessons we can learn from this one, check the weather before you go. And I've been guilty that I've been caught in storms out there. Number two, watch out for the buoys that are out there. Many of them marking shallow areas. Well, I'm going to have to come back and uh, I'm going to say that I I can't remember. I can't remember That's if it was right. marked or not. It's been so long ago. I think it was, but I, I can't remember. Most of them now I found are marked pretty well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll look at my depth finder sometimes and I'll look at them, you know, six or seven feet. Right. Um, but that's, I mean, that's not, it's not shallow enough to strike unless you know, the water level's way down. But, but I've found that the ones that are even more shallow, most of them have been marked pretty well. Yeah. But, um, and then life jackets, you use them. I feel like it's it's kind of obvious, but man, if you've got them and you need, and there's an emergency, put them on and use right. them. I guess you know, in an emergency situation, and you begin to panic, you're, you you're not thinking clearly. Correct. 
And mission number one at that point should be put on life jacket. Correct. Any emergency in a boat, put your life jacket on if you're not wearing it already. Right. Especially if you start taking on water. Man. Um, we just have a few more minutes. Um, how, so we talked about non-holidays. How, how, how is your day different on holidays at Lake Anna on the water? And how do you approach it differently in a couple minutes? So... Obviously, we have people that want to enjoy their time out here in the lake, um, especially on holiday. Right. So they want to come out here and stay out on the lake all night long, which is fine. You know, it's a free country. You're allowed mm-hmm. to, you know, have fun. Um, it's good you say that. And I think it's important that everybody hears that. Right. You guys are not heavy handed. No. And you're not. Uh, no. I mean, it's no different than if I were to go out there, and, you know, do some fishing or stay out there, or whatever, you know, it's no different. We just want to make sure that you're being safe. Safe, right? safety. We're forward boating. We want you to go out there and boat. Uh, we just don't want you to uh, be irresponsible and not have your safety equipment. Um, with holidays, major holidays, um, obviously we have a lot of patrols, um, mm-hmm. a lot of officers out on the water to include not only us, but Spotsylvania Sheriff's Office, Louisa Sheriff's Office. So they have uh, boats out there as well. Mm-hmm. We're looking for major safety violations, the reckless operations, right? So what we discussed earlier with the jet skis, you know, um, ripping a racing next to someone's head when they're in the water, right? That's what we're looking for. People spraying one another. We're looking for that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, any, uh, uh, violations of, uh, possible, uh, alcohol, mm-hmm. right? So someone being intoxicated, operating a boat, we're looking for that. Um, and we're basically covering from early morning all the way through the night. So same job, just a lot more people in the water. Correct. And and you have more bodies on your side. Correct. Correct. We really step up patrols for the, the holidays. How did this pass? So, you know, we're recording this about two weeks after July 4th. How was the, the last July 4th holiday uh, just two weeks ago? How did how did we fare on the water? Well, I know I fared good because I was off. <laughs> good, so. good for you. Good for you. But as far as... Uh, Pretty safe day. Yeah. I, mean, I think I, it was the first. July 1st was the, yeah, the big day. Yeah, the first, second, I believe it was. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I don't think there were, to my recollection, there wasn't any major issues. I didn't hear about any. So, I mean, that's that's what we want. That's good. So. That's good. And lucky you. You were off. I was. I'll say that. Hey, it's good to be king. You're the supervisor. You can take some time off now. Yeah. Um. That's what I remind my boss. Right. <laughs> he can he can watch this. Yeah, this will be a, sure he does watch a, a healthy remi- <laughs> reminder to him. Um, in, in wrapping up, just a, a couple of quick ones. Um, are, are the boating regulations or requirements any different on the private side of Lake Anna versus the public side, or is it all the same? So, it is a little different on the private side. Um, from what I understand, there was a lawsuit, I think it included Dominion and DEQ, uh, I believe that went up to the Virginia Supreme court. Uh, they ruled that the privates or that the hot side of Lake Anna is considered private. Okay. Um, so since that's considered private, um, what we enforce over there is, um, believe it or not, fishing licenses, Mm -hmm. the way the law is written, you still have to have a fishing license. Um, Boat safety equipment, that mm-hmm. still applies, mm-hmm. right? Uh, also, your operation, uh, such as reckless operation, mm-hmm. drinking, all that still applies. Okay. The things that we don't enforce over there uh, are boat registrations, okay. along with um, uh, boat education requirements. The license. The license. The operator license. Correct. So private side not enforces the license and... Uh, and registration and registrations although both are still very important correct i imagine you would recommend people still get their Uh, operator's license because you learn so much you learn a lot from a safety perspective as well and i don't recommend anybody that has no boat experience and have never taken the boat education class to just jump on a boat and just you know start operating one yeah which is what a lot of people do unfortunately yeah um do you guys have an upcoming event in september i think you mentioned so Kids event. Uh, yes, or we do have a kids event. It's Tell called, us about that before you go. Sure, it's called the Youth Sportsman Day. Okay, um, I'm trying to remember. I think it's this is the 13th year. Oh, uh, nice that we're doing this event. It's something that I started when I was, you know, when I first jumped on. I wanted some sort of 
program for the youth. Oh, you started it. I did. Oh, awesome. Um, I'll give credit to to my colleague. Um, he had mentioned. You can just take credit yourself. No, 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 no. I'm, not, I'm I don't want to do that. <laughs> if uh, so, he essentially floated the idea. Um, but since I, you know, was a Stafford deputy, I had you know people that I knew, yeah. and I said, well, you know, let's go ahead and put this together. So he had floated the idea of having stations, individual stations mm-hmm. that uh, kids could go to, right? And what I mean by stations, I mean like, let's just say an archery station, mm-hmm. right? Where kids could, you know, do some target practicing with archery. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a station uh, where kids can jump on a boat and do a little fishing, mm-hmm. right? One year we had uh, a kayak group that came down from Northern Virginia and they actually had the kids go on the kayaks and they were teaching them how to, you know, paddle around the kayaks. Nice. Um, so he discussed it. I said, well, let's, let's, let's not talk about it. Let's, let's go ahead and put this together. It so is, it was 13 years ago. It was. So it is this September. Uh, I believe it's the, it's the second September or excuse me, the second Saturday in September at Curtis Lake, um, in Stafford County. Yeah. And we've got, we're going to, you shared, uh, you were kind enough to share a pamphlet here on it and we'll flash it on the screen, but yeah, it looks like it's, it, this is the youth sportsman's day. Correct. It's on September 9th, September 9th, 10 AM to 3 PM at, at Curtis Lake in, uh, in Stafford County. Correct. We have food, uh, prizes, fishing poles, tackle boxes that we give to the kids. So it's, that's a, an awesome thing. Big event that we, that we do. And most importantly, it is free. It is free. That's that great. is killer. Well, thank you very, very much for your time today, Sergeant. I really appreciate you coming. Thank you to you, your captain, and your agency for your time. And thank you for your service and everything you do here at Lake Anna to keep it a safe place. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Thanks for coming. All right. Thank you.